coming up on The Potter's Touch. Everybody likes anybody who wants to make you look good. Nobody in this room is attracted to anybody who's competing against you. So how can you compete against your companion and then wonder why they're not attracted to being around you? Being around you is stressful. I got off work and now I got to work at home. I'm Pastor Cora Jakes Coleman, and you are watching The Potter's Touch. The enemy is after your family, and our bishop wants to show you how to fight back and get the victory. In order to do that, you must see clearly, listen to this message, and think clearly. The first thing I want to talk about is crossroads. Crossroads and the loss of control. Now, when I start talking about crossroads in the book, when I deal with it, I call them intersections. They're places in life, intersections are places, well, let me explain this way. One Sunday, a lady brought a young son down to the altar, and I described this uh, in the book. She brought him down to the altar and uh, said, do something with him. He's driving me crazy. I don't understand what in the world is going on with this boy. He's just, he was wonderful. He was doing so good. He was a precious child, just doing everything I needed him to do. And all of a sudden, he's just acting like he's lost his cotton-picking mind. And she did what most Christians do when they have a problem. They spiritualize everything, and they start saying things like, uh, uh, he's demon-possessed. Maybe you can cast a demon on him, because we, we spiritualize whatever we don't understand. But when you do that, you often alienate the person that you seek to help. Because why is it a situation when it's you, but it's a demon when it's him? You have a circumstance, we got a demon. (laughs) Answer that for me. You alienate the audience, you create a dilemma, you create a crisis uh, where, where there's not an environment that promotes healing and restoration because you spiritualize. What's the danger with spiritualizing? The Bible said in all that getting, get an understanding. And what we really want from all of us, want from anybody and everybody is somebody who understands us. Somebody who understands is critical. It's important that you understand. If you don't understand me, that's why the Bible said in all that getting, get an understanding. It didn't say get a car. It didn't say get a house. It didn't say get a Bentley. It didn't say get a Rolls Royce. It didn't say get a condo. It said get an understanding. You can keep a marriage without a car. You can keep it with a house. You can keep it without a vacation home. You cannot keep it without an understanding. You need an understanding. You can raise a child without private school. You can raise a child without Nike shoes. You can raise a child without custom glasses, but you cannot raise a child without an understanding. You have to have an understanding of the chemistry of the child in your house and all that getting, get an understanding. In order to get understanding, you got to do more thinking than you do talking. We, We are too fast to speak in our families. We speak things in a moment that it takes 20 years for somebody to get over. You can say something when you're in a position of authority that can damage somebody for 20 years. 
Your mouth can be more damaging than anything that you ever did in your life to speak against things that you understand later. And sometimes I'm sorry is not a good eraser. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes I'm sorry is not a good eraser. You said I'm sorry once. You cussed me out five times. You said I'm sorry in three minutes. If I said anything, you know you said something that offended me up in here. The problem with this young man, she comes down there to all this. She's telling me he's got all of these issues. And the boy's looking at me like, And she, I, so I looked at her and I thought, gosh, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. He's about 12, 13 years old and he's just obstinate and rebellious and everything. But I'm looking at his mother. She doesn't get it. So I'm trying to jog her into understanding. I said, where is his father? She said, he gone too. <laughs> and the boy's looking at me like, as soon as I get some car keys, I'm going to get out of here too. I'm leaving as quickly as I can. I am going to leave and get out of her. He loves her, but he's leaving her. Because it is possible for a man to leave a woman he loves, whether, he is, whether she is his mother or his wife or his sister or his auntie or big mama. He can love you and still leave you. He's leaving her because he can't deal with her. He's leaving her because he's in conflict. He's leaving her because he's in confusion. He's leaving her because he's dealing with issues that she doesn't seem to be able to relate to. He's leaving her because she's putting pressure on him to stay the way he was. When in reality, nobody can stay the way they were when they come to a crossroad. Oh, this is good. What she doesn't realize, because she's at one stage in her life, maybe 30-something, and he's at another stage, maybe 12 or 13, she doesn't understand that she has stabled out at a time that he is still unstable. And so she's expecting him to be who he was to her, but his life has become more complicated. Complications come in crossroads. When you come to a man, when he comes to a crossroad, comes to a dangerous place in his life, whether he's a young man or an older man, there are several crossroads or intersections in his life, and if you're raising him, loving him, training him, mentoring him, or in any way connected with him, if you don't discern that that man, that boy, that co-worker, that husband, that preacher is at an intersection, you can do a lot of bilateral damage because you don't understand what's going on in his life. I want to scream, woman, get a clue. This boy's not bad. He's confused. And he gets stuck there. And what happens to him at 13, because he's in that, he's in that transitional stage where everything is centered around performance, reward, response, stimuli. He internally has, internally has fear, am I enough? Do I measure up enough? He's stuck in the mirror all the time. How does he look? He's checking himself out, saying, how does he compete? How does he measure up? How can he get points? His testosterone is giving him an issue. His parental influence is giving him an issue. The church is giving him an issue. And he's trying to balance himself through an intersection in life. And he's going to go through it again. 
in about 35 more years, 30, 35 more years, 30 years, 30, about 30 more years, he's going to hit another intersection, midlife crisis. He could be having a problem, and every problem he's having is not about you. Everything is not about you. What he needs from you is point number two. He needs you to be a helpmeet. Write this down. Competing or completing strengths. Competing or completing strengths. Here's the challenge. When God made the woman, he made the woman in the man. She was in him. The Bible said male and female created he them and called his name Adam. So the woman wasn't just created when she was brought forth, she was created in him. All of her never came out of him. Hence we have X and Y chromosomes, we're all tangled up and we're different expressions of everything. And you have, you know, that other side in you. I'm asked about that when we get to heaven. Some folks have got too much over on either side. <laughs> Unstable environment. That's another class. But the Bible says that the woman is to be a helpmeet to him. Okay, helpmeet. Helpmeet is to complete. That means that you are supposed to have strengths in different places. So when you find out that you are strong in an area that he is not strong, be it your son, your husband, or the person at work, are you strong enough not to need to point that out? Or are you using your differences to add to competition rather than completion? How in the world can you be running around here talking about what a man you are and you don't even come home and balance this checkbook? If you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost self, if I don't handle these checks and this business, everything in here would be shut down. And he ought to turn to you and say, and when are you going to get your lazy, overweight self out there and cut that grass? I'm not saying he ought to say that. I'm just being funny for a minute, y'all. What I'm really trying to say is that you have strengths in different places. And it might be the other way around. He might be the one writing the checks. You might be the one cutting the grass. However it works for you, you have strengths in different places. Because it was God's design that when a man finds a woman who completes him rather than competes with him, she becomes a safe place for him to rest. Because what ultimately wears any brother down is always having to compete. You compete at work, you compete at church, you come home, now you got to compete in here. Who's about who make the most money in here? I'm the one bringing in all the money. Now we got to have a contest at home, <laughs> completing each other rather than competing with, with each other is critical because anytime you complete somebody, whether it's in a management situation or a marriage situation, anytime a boss who incidentally is in a position of power walks over to somebody who is submitted to that position of power and says, I just want to help you do your job. 
What do you need me to do that would help you to be more effective at your job? Because I'm here at your disposal as a resource, whatever you need to help things be more functional for you. I'm here to make that happen. The moment the boss does that, he ceases to be antagonistic. It stops all kinds of problems. It creates a self and safe environment between the two of us. And everybody likes anybody who wants to make you look good. Nobody in this room is attracted to anybody who's competing against you. So how can you compete against your companion and then wonder why they're not attracted to being around you? Being around you is stressful. I got off work and now I got to work at home. What you want, what a good person with power is, is strong enough to be good at what they do, but confident enough in who they are that they'll use their strengths to make you look good. Whenever they do that, they, they empower you, whether it's a boss or whether it's a companion, they empower you and you gravitate to them. You, all of us, all of us are attracted to people that empower us. Our goal and purpose in life under Christ is to love and to help one another. And that's the mission of GPS. Together, we can touch lives, helping the hurting, encouraging the hopeless, feeding the hungry, and so much more. Visit tdjpartners.org and find out how you can help impact the lives of generations to come. We are all one global family, touching the world with God's love. The one thing that the wine has in common with the Savior that we have in common as well is that in order to reach our ultimate state, our strength, our full strength and potential, we must all go through crushings because you're either coming out of a crushing or you're headed for a crushing or you're trying to understand a crushing or you're stuck in a crushing. Either way, this word is for you. Let me have my third point. Communication is more than confrontation. This is so important. Do not think that because you communicate, that because you're confrontational, that you have communication. Confronting me is not com communicating with me. It is possible for you to confront me and still not have communication. And we are forever telling you, you need to communicate. We're telling the parents, you need to communicate with your children, find out what's going on with them. But we don't tell them how to communicate. We tell couples, you need to communicate with each other, but we don't tell them how to communicate. So what we generally do is confront each other rather than communicate. And confrontation does not always lead up to communication. In fact, confrontation with men can shut down all hopes of communication. So you came home with your five tapes on communication and you ran up to Roger and said, you know what, Roger, I need to talk to you and I need to talk to you about what you're doing and how you, and all you're doing is shutting him down because confrontation is not communication. It ought to be some fellas running up here with $10 and a popcorn ball for this. See, when you communicate, you must understand that we communicate very differently. I walk past John Ellis. If I want to tell John that I think he's doing a great job 
And I just appreciate him being here in the ministry and him, him serving on this post. If I want to tell him all of that, right here, right now, I can do it and never part my lips. I can be preaching and walk past him and go. And I guarantee you, he knows what I said. Am I right? He knows exactly what I said and I never opened my mouth. Nonverbal communication is huge with men. Huge. It is not that he's not talking. It's that he's talking another language. We communicate as much as you do. We just go about it differently. Just for the purpose of this illustration, Marco, I'm just, just illustrating, man. Just, Marco beat him broke out. <laughs> Kick you in your nose or something. Kill all your future. This is white, but I'm just borrowing her for the moment. Now, we're in a relationship. Sister Del Bosque is multilingual, okay? I'm gonna talk to her in English. She's gonna answer me in Spanish or French or something. And I want you to see something. I think we need to talk. Oh, sí, el día está precioso. Whenever I need you, you're never there for me. Oh, ¿sabes qué? Este es el día que sí hizo el Señor. If you didn't stay at that church all the time, you and I could get together. Oh, no, ¿sabes? ¿Sabes qué? Sí, sí, yo, no, es precioso, claro, por supuesto. Oh, what's up with you and uh, I don't know what you're talking about, woman. What, what's up with you and these kids and, and you're always taking care of the kids. You got a husband. Oh, los conejos y la luna y las estrellas. Wow. I don't know what in the world she said. Whatever it is, she's passionate about it, she's excited about it, she's sincere about it, but it doesn't sink in with me because she's speaking another language. That's what goes on in your relationship. The woman is speaking one language, the man is speaking another, and it creates a problem. Now, here's the issue with Sister Del Bosque. We're in a dilemma because I don't know nothing she said, but she is bilingual, she knows what I said. But she's bilingual because she's taking classes but the, to learn English and she understands, I think Spanish is your major language, isn't it? And, and she also uh, understands French. She take, but there are no classes because for what I'm trying to teach you, it's not about speaking Spanish, it's not about speaking French or English. I want to know to the women in here, do you speak man? Because if you don't speak man, you could be losing communication with your son or your husband because we're talking different languages. And by the way, fellas, it would help you to learn how to speak a little woman up in here too. Number four, eight o'clock, I told you I would get you there, I'm here. <laughs> Calming the crisis through knowledge. 
calming the crisis through knowledge. The crisis will never be calmed through competition, coercion, manipulation, only through knowledge. Well, how do I get this kind of knowledge that helps me through crisis? You get it by coming to God and saying to God, you know what, I've received a touch, but I'm not there yet. I'm not seeing things clearly. I'm not seeing things clearly as I go through the crisis because I am seeing things through the lens of what I went through before. And so anytime I see things through the lens of what I went through before, I get a distorted perception. If I take his glasses off right now and I smear them all over my sweaty face and put them back on, he'll be able to see, but it won't be good. You know why? Because he's seeing it through the smudge of what I put on him. And most of us are seeing life and parenting and children and business and finances and all relationships through the smudge. But what God wants to emanate out of the heart of a man is an honest, open relationship with him where the man is able to come into the presence of God without his woman acting like the Holy Spirit where he can come into the presence of God and say the truth. You know what, I'm better, but I'm not straight yet. I'm not straight, and look, you know I'm not straight. I see things, but it's blurry. And it opens up an opportunity for men that if, if we could get men there without women getting in it, it would be amazing if men could have a revival moment without riding home with somebody who's talking, I hope you heard that part that he was talking about. Because that sure was you. That sure was you. See, by the time you get through preaching the parts of my message that you want him to get, you ruin my whole message. Because you are so stuck in your own dysfunction. If you would allow the Holy Spirit to touch him without you trying to push in your point and allow the Holy Spirit to create a safe place where he can go and get in the presence of God and say, Lord, I don't know what happened. I was seeing it this way, but now I'm seeing it that way and I'm going through a crisis right now and I just want to know, is it possible for a man to get a second touch? If a man could get in the presence of God and open up his heart and say, Lord, I need a second touch. I'm saved, but I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm saved. I love you, but I've been playing around with some pornography. I'm saved. I love the Lord, but I've been looking at this secretary with a brand new set of eyes. I'm saved. I love the Lord, but I've been stressing out, and I've been about to flip out. I'm saved. I love the Lord, but I've been playing some games on the down low, and I need some. If people would leave a man alone with God, every man that God ever touched in a mighty way was left alone with him. And Jacob was left alone with God. And there wrestled a man with him to the breaking of day. And Abraham was called to God alone. And Moses on the backside of the desert, left alone with God, saw a burning bush. And God said, Moses, Moses. And Adam was hiding behind fig leaves. When God said not to Eve, he said to Adam, Adam, where art thou? Eve didn't open her mouth. She shut up. And Adam said, I was naked. I heard thy voice. I was afraid. 
I hid myself. I was naked. I heard your voice. I was afraid. I hid myself. And so I'm going to ask you something this morning. And I think it's a very important question. And it's a very difficult question. Do you, as a man, have the courage to come out from under your fig leaves and say, you know what? I can see better than I used to, but I see men walking as trees. Touch me again. you feel as challenged as I do by what my father has said today. The word of God is designed to stretch your faith. If you are inspired to trust God more and take action after hearing this message, then the word of God is doing its job. I pray that you accept the challenge and make a move of faith like you have never done before. Remember, you are one act of faith away from stepping into your destiny. Today, we are asking for your support by becoming a Global Partner System member. GPS partners commit to supporting this broadcast and humanitarian efforts. We conduct around the world, and we know that people that bless God's work become blessed themselves. Partners also receive special gifts and discounts and exclusive opportunities to connect with us. Join us today by texting the letters GPS and any given amount to 28950. You can also visit us online at tdjpartners.org. Trust in God and fight back. To find out that the things are never going to stop coming at you, that finally brings you to the point that you say, you know what, I'm not sure I want to get up out of the bed in the morning if all I got to face is another fight. For your gift to the ministry of any amount, you will receive Bishop Jake's victorious teaching Fight Back on CD, as well as Family Prayer and Conversation Starters 30-card pack. People gravitate toward people that complete them rather than compete with them. You, you were meant to be good at what I'm not good at because you complete my weak side. And when your gift is $100 or more, we will add the triumphant five-message series Fight for the Family on DVD, Bishop Jake's insightful new book Crushing, God Turns Pressure into Power, and Sarah Jake's Robert's revolutionary message, Break the Flow, on CD. My time to win. My time to succeed. My time to be delivered. Build a lasting memory in your family today. If in Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today. Do you need a vacation? I got just the thing. We're cruising. We're cruising. Get ready. We're going to have a good time. And we're going to be blessed. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a getaway. Come set sail with me and my family.
feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dungeon.